Welcome to the Stork Storytime Podcast at the North Liberty Community Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Just as it's never too late to develop a love of reading, it's never too early either. Hello, my name is Jennifer Jordabrek and I'm the Assistant Director at the North Liberty Community Library. Hi, I'm Erin Silva and I'm the Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the Library. And we'd like to welcome our guest speakers today, Jesse Witherall and Dina Bashara, who are both parents involved with the Iowa City Autism Community Organization. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us today. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Hi, thank you so much. So welcome to our podcast. Before we start talking about autism, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Sure. Um, well, I'm I'm a mom of a seven-year-old little boy who's on the autism spectrum. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of the Iowa City Autism Community. Um, we're mostly a local group of volunteers, parents, and self-advocates who work to not only connect families with autism-related resources, but to events, too, and to work directly with our community to create better access and inclusion for autistic people. So, Thanks, Jesse. Hi, and I'm Dina Bashara, and I'm the mother of two, including a son um, who is almost 10 and who is autistic. Um, And yes, I love uh, doing our work in the Iowa City Autism community. We, like Jesse said, we host a lot of events, um, primarily working to make local spots available and accessible and accommodating for autistic people and a lot of other um, things like workshops and field trips and all sorts of stuff, so... Okay, great. Well, we're excited to have you here with us today. And our topic of autism is a timely one because April is National Autism Awareness Month. And specifically on Monday, April 2nd, that's designated as World Autism Awareness Day. And as a new or expecting parent, there's many things to learn both before and after your baby arrives. And actually, that learning never really stops. Parents spend a lot of time worrying about the health of their newborns and toddlers. And sometimes it's difficult to know when you should seek medical advice. Developmental milestones have a pretty big range and so that also makes it difficult to figure out if your child is hitting that target or not. And we hope today's podcast will help our listeners learn about autism, some of its symptoms, find out about resources that are available to them here locally in our community, and also help them find support if they need it. So we're very happy to have Jesse and Dina with us today to talk about their involvement with the Iowa City Autism Community. You guys touched on that a little bit in your greetings. Can you please share us um, a little bit more about like who's involved in this group, what you do, what your mission is? Um, sure, yeah. So um, so Dean and I, we, we kind of spearhead most of the events. And run things. the show. We run the show, but we do have a lot of parents. We have a lot of um, individuals on the autism spectrum that we all work with. Um, pretty grandparents. Much grandparents, um, community advocates, really anybody who wants to be involved. It's not just a parents organization. It's for the entire community. Um, so what we really do is you know, not only do we have like a, we have a Facebook forum that people can join. It's not just for parents, but like I said, it's for everybody. We have a website. If you go to autismiowacity.org, um, there's a website with resources, information, um, pretty much everything that you would want to know, um, especially if, if you are a new parent and you're new to this. You know, we, we hope to be that next step after the diagnosis. You know, what do we do next? You know, who do I go to? 
Um, so we have a large list of resources yes. and also um, information on um, getting an evaluation in the Iowa City area and different places you can go. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, as far as events go, we uh, have events all over the community, places like Air Effects Trampoline Park, um, Colonial Lanes Bowling, Brush and Barrel Paint Studio, the North Liberty Community Library, the Iowa City Public Library, um, and I'm sure I'm, oh, the Iowa Gymnast is another really popular one. So we do a lot of um the University of Iowa Leisure Pool is a very popular um, on event we've been able to sponsor um, with donations from organizations um, several times. I also want to note that Jesse maintains an event calendar on the website. So um, that's, you know, if you're not on Facebook and you want to check out the website to see what events are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a newsletter that we send out weekly or bi-weekly. So if anything that's coming up or anything of interest, um, if you sign up, that goes directly to your mailbox. You don't have to keep checking our Facebook group mm-hmm. for that. Um, we've uh, organized several workshops over the past couple years. We have been partnering with the University of Iowa um, Children's Hospital Autism Center for these. Uh, so we've had workshops on everything from visual supports uh, for autistic people to managing challenging behaviors. We've had workshops on IEPs, which are individualized education plans. Um, we Our next one coming up, the last one for the ac- academic year, will be May 5th, and that's going to be on supporting the gross motor uh, and sensory needs of individuals on the autism spectrum. So that you know gives a taste of <laughs> some of the things that we get up to. Pretty much what we do is we kind of put our feelers out to see what's needed in the community. And then we try to do our best to see what we can do as parents and volunteers to you know, get that done. So if mm-hmm. people, if for example, with the library, a lot of parents were saying it's really hard to bring their children to the library because it's a noisy place. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically. So, ironically, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially the children's yeah. library. So yes. pretty much what we just, what we, the most, most of what we do is, is trying to create connections between the community and our community and make it so it's one big inclusive community for everybody. Mm-hmm. So... That's wonderful. And then as I was doing some research, I was looking at your website, and um, you advocate for the acceptance and accommodation for all people on the autism mm-hmm. spectrum. So I thought that was really important and um, really nice to be a champion for. That's why we value our partnership with folks like Aaron and the North Liberty um, Community Library so much is because it takes partnerships, partnerships with local organizations to do that. We exactly. can't do that on our own. We need um, other folks to kind of meet us halfway to make those accommodations so sure and we've been talking about your organization can we take a moment and kind of um, explain to our listeners in parent terms what is autism if if they aren't familiar with that or don't know anybody that has that can you just kind of share what it is in your terms Mm -hmm. okay well um you know, autism is is, is complicated. <laughs> um, it's different for each per, each person. If you, if you go to the CDC website, um, things that parents might be lo- looking at if they have a child who might be on the autism spectrum is um, if their child is avoiding eye contact with them, um, may not be doing things like reaching out for them, a lot of those nonverbal things that kids do um, to communicate with their parents. Um, they may struggle to understand other people's feelings. 
Their child may have delayed language development. Um, their child may repeat phrases over and over, um, something called echolalia. Um, they may get upset by minor changes in routine or surroundings, and they may have really restricted interests. Um, but I think that the most common sign that I think gets a lot of people's attention is when a child is doing repetitive behaviors with their bodies, such as flapping their hands or rocking their bodies or spinning, possibly looking at objects you know, from the side of their eye, just interacting with their environment in a way that, that seems a little bit unusual for children. Okay. And I think just to follow up, I think Jesse mentioned this, but it's so different for every child. Yes. And I think you had also mentioned this, you know, for instance, my child did not have a speech delay at all. And he met all of the developmental milestones in any checklist you might look at in a pediatrician's book or something, you know, pediatrics book or something like this, parents' books. Um, so it wasn't until he was three and some of the social stuff oh. um, became more obvious because he was a very early talker and he, you know, was developing in what appeared to be a typical way. Although looking back, we could see, oh, yeah, here were, you know, yeah. there were definitely some signs and um, it makes perfect sense looking back. But, you know, on paper, he was meeting all of the milestones. Okay. So um, it just, you know, it's just uh, um, underline the point that all children are very different, um, whereas some children are very obviously autistic from a very young age. So... And that's why then the term autism spectrum disorder, because it is such a, a kind of a wide range there. Yes, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, my son, we, we suspected that he was autistic from the time he was probably about six months old, you know, because he never looked at us, he never cried oh. for us, but yet he was meeting so many of those milestones. He was walking, he was talking, and he was always right where he technically should be, but there was, there was always something that was a little bit a little bit different, mm -hmm. you know, so just driving that point home that it's so different from everybody. So, yeah. 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 And then um, I also like to bring in, you know, so I think Jesse did a really good job overviewing the 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 major things you look at um, when you're diagnosing um, autism spectrum disorder, you know, has to do with social interaction, nonverbal communication, repetitive motor movements, a need for sameness and routines. And I'm getting this from the uh, DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual that clinicians would use. Um, also intense or rigid interests or focus. And um, finally, uh, a different way of interacting with the sensory environment. So um, usually hypo or hyper reactive to sensory stimulation, meaning over or under reactive to sensory. And I think um, sensory experiences are a really um, critical part of understanding autism and um, uh, diagnosing autism. Um, but I also always like to bring in an autistic perspective on what um, autism is. There's this um, a writer and uh, self-advocate and activist named Nick Walker, and he describes autism as a developmental phenomenon, meaning that it begins in utero and has a pervasive influence on development on multiple levels through the lifespan. Autism produces distinctive, atypical ways of thinking, moving, interacting, and sensory and cognitive processing. One analogy that's often made is that autistic individuals have a different neurological operating system than non-autistic individuals. Um, so that's, you know, a sort of autistic perspective on autism that I think is important one to keep in mind as well. 
Sure. And that's even though our audience is mainly those new and expecting parents, I think mm-hmm. it's important, you know, just again, they parents are their child's first teacher. And so mm-hmm. going back to they're always trying to learn and, and have their do the best they can for their kids. These are just some um, symptoms or, or mm-hmm. traits that maybe that they can be a little bit more familiar about and, you know, just kind of notice if their child because there are you know, more quiet kids. There's more rowdy, rambunctious kids and stuff, too. Yeah. So it's all on that spectrum. But. As you say, there's patterns that maybe over time to develop that you can be aware of. And what I think um, is something that I think new parents, I think a lot of new parents always wonder, you know, they may worry, you know, is my child going to be autistic or what's going to happen, you know, if my child is autistic? And and I think one of the things that Dina and I work really hard to do is just to say that, you know, autism isn't something to fear. You know, it's it's complicated. Nobody wants to have... Uh, add complication to their child's life, you know, but but really there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much fear of autism, and, and we're here to say that, you know, it's, it's not as frightening as you think it might be. You know, what you think about autism before you have a child who has it is much, much different than the reality of it, you know. I mean, you meet my son, and he is so joyful, and he smiles, and he plays, and there is nothing about him that you know, exemplifies suffering or, you know, he's, he's a fully realized, wonderful human being. He's, he's autistic and that's, and that's absolutely fine. Um, I think that, you know, if, if you type in autism on Google, you know, we see autism is mm-hmm. all of these really scary things. And, um, if you are a parent and you do suspect that your child's on the autism spectrum, I mean, just realize that it's not a disease, you know, it's not a disability itself. Um, it's not contagious, and, and most importantly, it's not caused by vaccines. I think that's something that a lot of parents really worry about. You know, should I get my child vaccinated? And, uh, you know, autism is also definitely not caused by bad parenting. And, and I think that what, what people don't realize is that autism is so incredibly common. You know, it, there's, there's no separate society of people who have autism in a different community somewhere. No, there there are autistic people everywhere in your community. Um, You know, you may have a teacher who is on the autism spectrum. Your doctor may be autistic. The guy at the grocery store, you know, ringing up your groceries may be autistic. You know, um, uh, autistic people are living fully realized and, and, and very productive lives. If you do get a diagnosis of autism for your child, um, just know that those things that you want as a parent, that you want your child to be independent and you want them to be as you know, fully realized as a human being as possible, like it's, it's still possible, you know, it's not something to really fear. And, and there are autistic people who are much more severely affected and, you know, are not going to be leading independent lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, still think that the most important thing is for parents and for those autistic invi- individuals to still feel like they belong here. Exactly. And they exactly. may, and because autism is such a spectrum, you know, there are autistic individuals who will never speak and will always depend on other people to care for them. Um, that is one part of the autism spectrum, but we still want those families to feel like they are part of the community. Um, and, you know, just as much as, as anybody else. And, you know, speaking to the 
the importance of early diagnosis, um, Mm -hmm. something that occurred to me as I was thinking about doing this podcast is we always um, see early diagnosis as being so important because um, that way people can get early intervention and have better outcomes. And my son received a lot of early interventions and a lot of therapy, but I think it's just as as or more important um, to get the diagnosis because it can really help parents understand their children more uh, when you understand what's going on and when you can start getting good information about autism it can help you cultivate empathy uh, for your kids that might have been hard if you thought they were just being non-compliant or or stubborn or not eating their food because they were you know being a brat or you know whatever it may be I think it can really be a path towards um, understanding and empathy uh, for your child. So I think that's just another reason not to fear getting a diagnosis um, because it opens that door. I feel like the more educated you are about something, then you can make the positive parenting choices instead of the the negative parenting choices. And that, that perspective really shifts when you realize that there is an underlying reason mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. of the behaviors and it, it can help you be a better parent. Exactly. Right, yes. Exactly. Because autism is often called an invisible disability. So you can't tell by looking at anybody just by looking that they're autistic. If your kid has a physical disability, it, it's perfectly obvious to you why maybe they can't do certain things mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. why certain things are very hard. But um, if they're autistic and you don't realize it, then you have no idea why these things are so hard for your uh, child. And it's, you know, very hard to lo- figure out how to support them when you don't know. So those are some very good points, mm-hmm. you know, from a parent perspective. Right. Um, I really appreciate, you mm-hmm. know, the, this conversation at this point. Um, so if a parent is out there and they have because I've been doing research, too, and it can be up to 18 months, you know, that that you're starting to maybe notice something mm-hmm. maybe is, is a little bit delayed. Um, what do you recommend parents do? Where, who can they turn to for support or, mm-hmm. or what are their first steps that they should be taking? Well, I would say visit our website. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to pursue the di- uh, a diagnosis, there's a, a variety of options for you. Obviously, at the University of Iowa, um, you can pursue a diagnosis through the CDD, which is the Center for Development and Disabilities, um, and also through child psychiatry. They both um, diagnose. They have there's all the details are actually on the website now because it's been a very mysterious process until now. <laughs> Those details are on the website. There are waiting lists, so don't hesitate to call. But now Mercy Pediatrics in Coralville also has a physician on staff who um, is fully trained to diagnose autism. And I think there are also other psychologists um, around town. Um who, who are also able to yeah. diagnose. And I think, too, I think that people also think that they need to go to a certain specialist to get the diagnosis, whereas you know, with our family, it was our general practitioner who was okay. able to give us a diagnosis itself. I mean, we went and got an evaluation just to kind of have a better idea about what he might need help with. Um, so I, I guess you know, before you go down that path, you really kind of have to think about um, what is it that my child needs. Mm-hmm. And the diagnosis can open up, uh, you know, access to things like Medicaid or um, disability, that sort of thing. Um, so and make it a lot easier to get referred if you're going to get different therapies yeah. for your child. Mm-hmm. Some insurance companies I, don't require an autism diagnosis. I think others can be a little 
more finicky um, in order to uh, access a lot of the different, you know, supports that might be available. So if you were to see your primary doctor with your child and the doctor is maybe not versed in autism speak um, and you still feel like something's just not right, Mm -hmm. What would you encourage new parents to do? Well, you can call the Autism Center, and um, don't quote me on it, but again, it's on our website if you find the resource. Um, I believe it's the CDD that does not require a doctor referral to have an evaluation. You do, they will give you a screening checklist for the parent or caregiver um, to do at home. And then if you, quote, unquote, pass the checklist, then you would qualify um, for a referral. And again, I'm streamlining and simplifying, so definitely, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just don't take my word for it. You want to explore. Um, so there are other um, ways to, you don't have to have your pediatrician No, you don't need a that. referral. Um, I, I think that you may sometimes need to wait a little bit longer, but uh, a parent can, because we were in a similar boat. Um, for a while there. So um, even though our general practitioner did end up diagnosing him with autism, we we were seeking uh, an evaluation much sooner. So. Oh, okay. Well, and so I think it's really important to note to be an advocate for your child. Mm-hmm. And you, as their parent, know them best. And, exactly. you know, doctors like my first child was a little speech delayed, but, you know, they kind of want to wait and see because of that milestone, there is such a range. And usually they, you know, will pick whatever up, you know, eventually on their own time. But, yeah. you know, if you have them day in and day out and just kind of notice in play group or something there, you know, mm-hmm, or yeah. whatever the situation may be, that not be afraid and, and to continue to pursue options for your child. Exactly. You know, one thing that, that our doctor... Um, told us was when she finally did give my son an autism diagnosis she said I'm sorry that I wasn't listening I didn't want I didn't want this to be something and she she kept she kept trying to reassure us that everything was okay and didn't want to deliver any you know quote-unquote bad news to us so she herself was sort of in denial as well okay so I think that that's definitely something to consider Hmm. yeah that's interesting um when before my son was diagnosed with autism we had brought up some concerns with the pediatrician, and um, the pediatrician wasn't terribly concerned at the time. I actually appreciate that now because, you know, there wasn't this sense of panic. You know, mm-hmm. oh, he's not fitting, you know, looking just like this. Now, you know, we need right. to panic. But he did refer us to a, a for a global evaluation at a therapy clinic when we brought up some concerns again. And so before he was even diagnosed with autism, he was already um qualified for speech and physical and occupational therapy. So there's not just uh, one path. But I will say, I think anyone who's, you know, concerned or worried that their uh, child may be showing signs of um, being autistic is to take a deep breath, um, not to panic. Uh, You're not, it's not a ticking time bomb. You know, Jesse and I had different experiences as far as what worked for our children as far as early intervention. You know, all children are different, but it's, you know, you're not racing against the clock in this very urgent way that sometimes parents feel this desperation. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's okay to take a breath. Um, There is a book that I recommend all the time um, that I just think is a very calm, very helpful, practical book called Uniquely Human. 
It's by a speech pathologist named Barry Prezant. Um, well, I guess we're here at the library, so it's good to <laughs> do a book recommendation. And it's P-R-I-Z-A-N-T, Barry Prezant, Prezant or Prezant, I'm not sure. Yeah, Uniquely Human. And it's just a really, um, I think, lovely, helpful, practical book that focuses on trying to understand um, your kids. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would encourage any parent who's looking at a diagnosis who, or who's just receiving a diagnosis. To yeah. and, I, and I think it's important to remember, too, that you know, the, your child was autistic before the diagnosis. You know, your mm-hmm. child has not changed at all. You know, the, what, you think, <laughs> what you think things are, has cha- your reality has changed um, in, in many ways. And so I think that, again, like what Dina said, you know, take time to take a, a, a deep breath and remember that your child is still a child. You know, and I think that um, it's it's really easy to get kind of caught up in you know, what do I need to do right this moment to fix everything. Well, your child is always going to be autistic, um, and and so there's there's no there's no harm in taking a little time to to just process everything, kind of think about you know what does my child really need, you know. Is my child unhappy? What, what what can I do to empower my child rather than what can I do to just make it all go away? Um, and I think that's why, you know, I would highly recommend instead of going, you know, going to the library and getting a book, you know, written about, you know, how I cured my son of autism or something like that. Um, you know, because there are there are countless novels or countless books out there like that. Um, mm. You know, I, I would you know, do exactly what Dina said and try to look for some literature that was written by actually autistic people. You know, connect with, with the people who your child might end up, you know, relating to someday um, and, and really kind of work on your own personal relationship with a diagnosis rather than what are you going to do to bring your child into your world? You know, what are you going to do to meet your child halfway and really, you know, accept them as a fully realized human being? And realize that kids never stop developing, whether they're autistic or otherwise. And one of the questions I hear most often from parents, especially of the littlest ones um, who are recently diagnosed, is, is this particular behavior or challenge going to get better? Mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I can't predict what the future holds for any child. But I always mm-hmm. just tell them, but your child is going to continue developing and continue learning. And some things will always be hard. And he'll always or she will always be autistic. But, you know they will still grow and develop and learn, you know? So it's figuring out how to best support them um, as they do that. Those are some very great thoughts. And I know years ago, I mean, just recently, they continue to develop all of these, you know, tools and and people are learning about it and, you know, realizing it sooner in the child's Mm -hmm. life and that's just going to prepare them and help them throughout their whole life, as you said. And if we don't have that book, Uniquely Human, if you're listening and and, uh, a a patron of ours, we will be getting it shortly. So (laughs) thank you for that. It's a good one. It is. Yeah. I uh, just one more book plug for sure. on it is um and I'm guessing you have this one because it was a New York Times bestseller is uh neuro neuro tribes yes um yeah by Steve Silverman it's a history of uh, neuro a history of autism and neurodiversity that's not exactly geared towards parents the uniquely human is very much geared towards parents but this just gives a very comprehensive overview of um, the history of autism and the way we've thought about it and diagnose it and it's fascinating so 
Well, this is a, a really good conversation. I'm hoping um, some parents who maybe already are, are receiving that diagnosis and are listening or may receive it in the future that this will help them a lot. Yes. We talked about earlier um, your organization and how involved you were in the community and your partnerships. And Erin, would you like to speak a little bit about our autism browsing night? Sure. So we... We work with the Iowa City Public Library to offer special access browsing, is what we call it. Uh, about every other month, um, Iowa City Public Library holds theirs on a Saturday morning before they open. And we at the North Liberty Community Library have ours on a Friday night after we close. And it's just a it's just a time for any individual in their family who relates or um, belongs to uh, the community who needs a different kind of environment for when they want to be at the library. So um, we try to keep the lights lower um, when we can. Uh, we make sure that, um, you know, it's it's quiet when it needs to be. And if there needs to be activities that are louder, that they're in a separate area mm -hmm. so that it's not too overwhelming. Um, like a dance party. Yes. Well, that, was, that was a huge hit. I'm still talks about that one. The dance party was great. We had that in the meeting rooms and everything else was in the other side of the library. So there was definite separation there. Um, we try to bring in therapy animals when we can. And that's always a, a plus. Um, and... I try to have different activities for the kids to do so that there's something for everybody. People can check out books if they'd like. I don't think that happens a lot at our library, but I know the Iowa City Library, uh, there are um, more checkouts, but you can always check out with us too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just their library is a little bit bigger and um, they just have some more staff to help accommodate everything but mm -hmm. it's really one of my favorite things that I get to do as part of my job is to to host that we have movie nights that we do um, we recently just watched the movie Coco and we had a big turnout for that yes. and it was really great um, so we we just you know we put it out there that we are a space that everyone can come to and that's how the the partnership kind of developed uh, the other thing that I'm working on with input from the community is um, I'd like to have some sort of lending library for sensory items. Uh, recently stumbled on something from the Cincinnati Children's Museum, I think. Um, don't quote me on that. But they have backpacks that can be checked out that have items to help kids navigate their way through the museum. Oh, yeah, so they have weighted suspenders. They oh. have ear um, noise-canceling headphones. And then they have other fidget items uh, that, you know, anybody who just needs a little extra help to navigate the chaos of the daily world uh, that they can borrow while they're there. So uh, it's... It's a work in progress, but that's something that we would like to be able to offer as well. Sounds I think, exciting. And I think something I'd like to add um, is that um, you know people hear library and they think, oh, well, my kid doesn't like to check out books, or you know, why would we want to? But but it's it's not necessarily about checking out books. It's no. it's about having 
a welcome, open place. I mean, Erin does an amazing job creating these activities. She does. Um, she does these awesome you know, visual schedules, and she puts up people's pictures just, you know, so the kids can go and see who's who. I mean, it's it, letting these kids know that there's a place. It's not just for kids, too. Adults are mm-hmm. welcome, too. Anybody can come to these um, who's on the autism spectrum. Um, just letting you know that you know, your community recognizes you and accepts you, and you are welcome here. And that in itself sends so much of a message that, you know, I know I personally appreciate and we get a lot mm-hmm. of great feedback from parents after these events. So, And um, it's yeah. fun, too, when I have seen a couple of the families in here outside of the, the special access nights. And that's really nice to know that uh, that they will come in when it's not just for them, but that they feel yes. like, hey, we know this place enough to know that it's an okay place for us to go, regardless of the time of day. So that is exciting, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening from outside of the community, too, if you're in the area, you're welcome. This is not mm-hmm. just, just for people who have a North Liberty card. Um, it's it's welcome to anyone. In addition to those special programs that we have, we also have our physical collection of materials. Um, in our nonfiction under our parenting section, we, there are a number of autism books as well so there's resources for you as well as online there's some digital resources from our webpage which is uh, www.northlibertylibrary.org there are a number of uh, health databases after you click on that reference tab they have magazine articles and evidence-based reports so if you are trying to educate yourself more on this topic there are a number of ways uh, and formats that you can access and learn that information So are there any upcoming events uh, that you guys want to let our listeners know about? Since April's coming up, I assume there's some things with the Autism Month. Yeah, we're very, very busy. So much. (laughs) Um, I can talk about CARE, and then maybe Jesse will want to talk about the A5 show. Sure. CARE stands for um, the Corridor Autism Resource Expo, and that's coming up on April 7th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And this year... It's at the Cedar Rapids Ice Arena. Um, For the past several years, we've been at the Cedar Rapids Public Library, but we've sort of outgrown that space. Um, So it's free. It's open to the public. It's... It brings together this year, there'll be about 50 um, autism-related exhibitors, um, whether it's, you know, therapy providers or just community organizations, and they all have tables. They'll have tables set up and information and people there who can answer your questions. Um, There's free workshops during the day at that event, and because we're at the ice arena, there's going to be free ice skating from Uh 11 to 2.30 for people who are coming uh, for the expo. So you can find the Corridor Autism Resource Expo on Facebook if you would like more information. That's right, because your group has a Facebook page, right? Yes. Okay. Well, the CARE has a Facebook page. Yes. Okay. And the Iowa City Autism Community also has a Facebook page. That's a private page you can ask to join. Mm-hmm. And A5 has a Facebook page. We <laughs> do have a Facebook page. Um, so, yeah, as, uh, another event. Um, you know, One of my favorite things uh, ever is uh, you know, something called the A5 Art Show. Um there's five A's. It start. It's, it stands for the Awesome Autism Awareness and Acceptance Art Show. Uh, that's on. A, that's at April twenty. On April twenty eighth, um, at the Unitarian Universal Society, um, from ten a.m. to two p.m. It's a free event. Um, Dina and I both work on that, and Dina has has reached out and gotten so many 
people from our community to have there's going to be free uh, art tables and crafts. Um, we have how many people? Are- oh, there's going to be six or seven tables. Ever yeah. child serve and Genesis okay. Pedi- Pediatric Therapy, Miracles in Motion, United Action for Youth, the East Central Iowa Autism Society, um, Brush and Barrel. I'm afraid I'm almost certain I'm forgetting people. And then we're also having um, the fabulous Yahoo drummers will be there mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. They're an interactive um, drumming group and. We should have two miniature horses. Ooh, yes. Therapy horses, Diego and Marigold, as well as um, Caroline and her therapy dog, Emma, should be coming. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And the the great thing about this show is that it's it's mostly for kids on the autism spectrum. we we work with the school district and and other places in the community to to, to um, get children's artwork. Um, sometimes they submit things like stories. You know, my son is writing a bunch of stories about ants <laughs> that he's going to have there, um, and it's it's free for people to participate in. Um, they they give uh, we work with the ARC uh, to. Um, we, we frame them and we put them up. Back them with, we don't really frame. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know a lot of people that think them. we're framing. I'm sorry. <laughs> frame, frame on our budget. Yeah. Um, means back them with, with black paper. With black paper. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it's done with love. And, um, you know, the, the, the whole point is that you not only can the community come and see how amazingly talented and inventive and imaginative these kids can be, but it gives these kids a chance to celebrate their autism and and can show people how this is something that uh, makes them unique and special. And, and we like to, you know, we'll, uh, it's about celebrating their perspective. And, and since there's so many great things, I do want to reiterate that it's free if you if you are not if you don't have somebody who's on the autism spectrum in your family. Um, you are more than welcome to come. This yes. is a community event, so anybody can come. We will have t-shirts and I think tote bags for sale. So okay, nice. Yeah. Is the artwork for sale? Good question. Generally, no, but one of our volunteers' fathers is an artist, and he has created two paintings that will probably be part of a raffle. We're working out the details, potentially a silent auction, but those paintings will be on display um, at the show, and one way or the other, um, raffle or auction, they will be up for grabs. So, great question, Erin. Yes. That sounds like some wonderful events coming up. And um, Oh, and I just want to, I'm yeah, sorry to ahead. interrupt, but you no, can find um, the Awesome Autism Awareness and Acceptance Art Project also on Facebook, but also Jesse has created a page on the Autism Iowa City mm-hmm. website that has a lot of information about A5 yeah, as well. Including um, the, 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 the forms to, if you, if you want to submit some artwork or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's all on okay. our website. That's great. And we have links. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, we'll have some links um, that you can click to go to the Autism Iowa City website and uh, find more information about that. Mm-hmm. So before we end today's podcast, uh, Jesse and Dina, could you share with our listeners perhaps a favorite story of yours that you either were read to as a child or that you enjoy reading to your children now? You want to go? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I think that one of the our most beloved books in our house is uh, What Do People Do All Day by Richard Scarry. Oh, sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think going with the autism theme, uh, this book is so great 
for, for all kids, but especially kids on the autism spectrum, because there's not a lot of complicated stories, but there's a lot of great, colorful pictures. It creates this wonderful world where you can go and explore all these little things, you know, these little details. And my son just loves this book. We've gone through probably about two or three copies of this book because <laughs> because he takes it with him everywhere, and, and we've always loved it. So. Well, I know what my favorite book was when I was little and sitting in the reading well at my elementary school. Um, also, my sister's favorite book, uh, Tiki Tiki Tembo. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> yes. I know our poor librarian had to read it many times. And now I have it and my daughter loves it. So we also read it many times. And of course, she likes to do the whole I won't punish you now with it but you know tiki tiki tumbo um and then i just also have to add to when um i was in elementary school i had a, a fifth grade teacher who um was wonderful and read aloud to us all the time and he read um several roll doll books mm-hmm. and um i just really remember enjoying so much the bfg and james and the giant peach and mm-hmm. the witches and so i'm always grateful to him for that great reads thank you yeah so today we were speaking with Jesse Witherell and Dina Bashara from um, their, the co-founders of the Iowa City Autism Community. We spoke about the different events that they organize throughout our community. So in addition to talking about some of the, the signs and signals of perhaps autism in your, in your child, uh, we, we encourage new parents to learn about autism and some of its symptoms from resources available from the Iowa City Autism Community website or also our library's website that connects to um, scientific and journal articles that are evidence-based. And basically some of the cool stuff that's coming up for the autism community. So thank you so much, Jesse and Dina, for um, sharing your time with us today and and, uh, sharing some more insight into autism. And I have learned a lot uh, just talking with you guys. We really appreciate you coming. Thank you. We really enjoyed being here. Thanks for listening to our Stork Storytime podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. And remember, just as it's never too late to learn early literacy skills and develop a love of reading, it's never too early either.